And in saying that, incidentally, I don't know if any of you have seen the uh, report in the press. Uh, research apparently has come up with uh, this interesting information that those who cook a Christmas lunch are apparently unlikely to get it right until they reach the age of 47. <laughs> so, for all of those here whose Christmas lunch is being cooked by someone under that age, well, never mind. <laughs> Just going to share something from Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. In the sixth month... God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Obviously, there we have an account of something completely unique. It's the account of God becoming man through a virgin birth. A unique event, there it is. And yet, as we admire and wonder at that unique event, there's a pattern there that actually isn't unique. There's something there that is a pattern of how God invariably works. What we see here, an announcement, a question, and an answer. And that pattern is actually something we can learn from. The announcement, well, we're told there in verse uh, 26, 27, the, the angel Gabriel comes to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. Uh, she's a young, unmarried girl, probably even a young teenager. And it says she's pledged to be married. The arrangement then, it's a bit like engagement and marriage, only also unlike it, because a girl who was pledged to be married had signed a legal agreement. If a dowry was involved, that will have changed hands. And so effectively, legally, she now belongs to Joseph, although they're not yet married. The marriage would take place, could be a year after that legal transaction. So she 
belongs to Joseph, and yet in another way she doesn't. She's not yet married. That's who she is. And the angel comes with this announcement, an announcement of an imminent pregnancy. And yet as the announcement is given, that aspect of the announcement is almost a minor detail because it's what follows that is so important. You will be with child, you become pregnant, you'll give birth to a son. Now this is the important thing, you'll give him the name Jesus, he'll be great, he'll be called the Son of the Most High, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, he'll reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will never end. That's the announcement. It's followed by a question. It's like Moses says, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, like, like Mary rather says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Never mind about the throne of his father David. Never mind about reigning over the house of Jacob. You said, I'm going to be pregnant. Well, I'm a virgin, she says. Or as it, literally it says, I don't know a man. Or as we would say, I'm not in a relationship. Legally, yes, but sex comes within marriage and she's not married yet. It's like she cuts through all the the wonder of who this child would be and says, never mind, you said, I'll be pregnant. Well, how can that be? And then the answer draws attention to God's power. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. That's how it will happen. And then all of that will follow. So we have an announcement, we have a question, how, and then the promise. And that, as I sets a pattern. I was reading recently, some, uh, later on in the ministry of Jesus, and it's the same pattern is seen there um, in Luke chapter 9 and verse 13. Jesus has been teaching 5,000 people. And you have this in Luke 9 verse 13. Jesus said to his disciples, give them something to eat. There's kind of the announcement, feed them. They immediately come back with a question, how can we do that? Well, of course, they end up feeding them because Jesus makes it possible. There's the announcement, the question, how? We haven't got the money. Mary said, I haven't got a man. They say, we haven't got the money. But when God tells them to do something, he makes it possible. And so they end up doing it. They said it before the people, they all ate and were satisfied. For us, we can look at things that God says and our immediate response is like Mary's or like the disciples. How can that be? We don't have what's necessary. We're not like that or whatever. So often the response is, that can't happen. That can't happen for me. And so many Christians live within the limits of what is feasible, what is normal, what they can come up with, and in that we can't come up with very much, that's how we live. And we're kind of satisfied with that. We need to see the pattern that is established here. This is the beginning of the gospel. This is how God works. So think of some of the things that God announces or that God says. He says, for example, be holy. I can't come up with that. He says, pray constantly. 
Oh, well, my mind wanders. He says, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Mm, I'm not like that. He says, give generously. God loves a hilarious giver. Oh, well, it's a recession. We can so often recoil from what God says when we think of what we can come up with, or rather, what we can't come up with, which is precisely what Mary is saying there, what the disciples said later on. And the promise is, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. That's the start of the gospel. That's what this new age that we've come into, that Jesus is inaugurating, that's what it's about. It's not about what we can do or more to the point what we can't do. It's about what God can do. And there's this young teenager. She's not in a relationship with a man. Yes, legally she belongs, but they're not in a, a sexual relationship. She can't become pregnant. Yeah, but God does it. The, the, the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you. God enables us to walk the path He appoints for us. He says it. We do it by His power. It's not what we can do, not what we can produce. It's what He can produce. If He says it, He enables us to do it because it's His power. God enables us. Even the path that he's planned for this young, unmarried girl, it's possible. No, it isn't. And people have argued ever since, virgin birth, it can't happen. No, but it's the power of God. So everything God tells us to do, everything that the New Testament sets out about what it means to be filled with the Spirit, what it means to be saved and be a child of God, we don't live within what we can produce. It's about facing God. And what he tells us to do, we can do. Mary's response eventually, verse 38, she says, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Now, I guess as we read those words, we kind of put the tone into it. So it could be read as kind of resignation. Okay, may it be to me. Or it could be enthusiastic faith. May it be to me. If, if you're going to do it, yes. And that's the response that God wants from us for everything that he says. Not what can I come up with, but yes, Lord, may it be to me. You've said be holy, yes. You've said pray constantly, yes. You've said eagerly desire spiritual gifts, yes. I can't do it, but I believe you. The power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you. That's the promise. That makes it possible. Now for Mary, of course, great personal cost is involved in this. It's not like, okay, God does it all. It will just happen automatically. As God does it all, the power is His. But the personal cost can be ours. For Mary, it's cost on a daily basis. And obviously we can read between the lines and the Bible tells us some of it. She has to tell Joseph about this. We're going to get married in about a year's time, but I'm going to be pregnant before that. The shame. And then when the child is born, I mean, it wasn't just the shame of the pregnancy. It's this child who 
as a, as a young lad, he knows he's going to be about his father's business. And as a mother, she has to sit, let her son go. Mothers can find it hard to let their son go. If you're a mum visiting today with your son's family, you probably know what I mean. It's why you're here. <laughs> you can't let him go. Well, she had to let him go. A time when she went to see him and he wouldn't go out. He says, no, the, the people who are listening to me, that, that's my mother. Who is my mother? He said, that's painful. Then to see her son suddenly become hounded by the authorities and killed. Well, at an early stage, we read about it in uh, Luke chapter 2. A prophet, Simeon, says to her, a sword will pierce your own soul. Yeah, she's cooperating with God. May it be to me. There's cost. And there's cost in following God. Of course there is. There's discipline. There's faith. It's by faith from first to last. The personal cost can be ours, but the power is God's. It's God who enables it to happen. Everything that God promises, everything that God announces, everything that God requires, we can either say, but that's not me. I haven't got what it takes. Or we can say, may it be to me. May it be to us. As you have said, we embrace the will of God. We embrace the promises of God because it's his power. And we are people of the Spirit, actively committing to God's life-changing power. So we read this story. It's unique. God becoming man. An amazing miracle. But there's a pattern. And there's a pattern for us to learn from and a pattern for us to get hold of today. If we love this Savior who came, then let's come into the life that is introduced, which is a, a life of faith in the power of God that is able to transform you and me to become who God wants us to be. Let's pray.